Trish and Nicole and their expert guests are here to answer all your burning questions about aesthetics procedures, candid discussions and stories of the latest trends and greatest gadgets. From dry vagina to frozen faces, Aesthetics Uncensored, where nothing is off limits. And today, I'm joined with Dr. Nicola Dean, who's the Vice President of the Australian Society of Plastic Surgeons, or ASPS for short, ASPS, and Kerry Edwards, who is the ASPS Community Advisor. So hi and welcome, ladies. Hi. Hi. Lovely. Now, ASPS has just announced that Australian women who suffer negative physical consequences of pregnancy due to abdominal muscle separation may be able to have reconstructive correctional surgery funded by Medicare later next year after a campaign by women and surgeons to have the procedure reinstated to the Medicare benefit schedule more than five years after it was removed, which was in 2016. And this is fantastic news for a number of women who are suffering through this pain and trauma. And Today on the Aesthetics Uncensored podcast, we're going to um, talk about it. So um, welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. This is just so exciting. I'm so happy to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And I was just going to ask the first question to you, Nicola, if you don't mind. Sure. Before we talk about the recent support from the Medicare Advisory Committee and what that means for women, can you explain to listeners what abdominoplasty with the surgical repair of muscle separation following pregnancy is and why it was removed from the Medicare schedule in the first place. Sure, thanks, Trish. Um, look, the, the term abdominoplasty as a, a kind of overall um, term just means to reshape the, the tummy wall or reshape the, the, the tummy. Um, and it can be done for a number of reasons. Um, it can be done for cosmetic reasons, for improving the look of the tummy. Uh, It can sometimes be done for people that have terrible rashes and problems after they've lost a lot of weight and have a big sort of apron overhanging. Uh, But sometimes it can be done because there are structural problems with the muscles of the abdominal wall. Um, And that can sometimes be after major surgery, rarely, but much more commonly, uh, it can be done uh, after uh, the, the abdominal wall muscles separate and then fail to go back together again properly after the end of a pregnancy. Um, and that um, can sometimes cause people to have uh, back pain and um, other symptoms. Um, for most mums that give birth, uh, they have a bit of muscle separation and it goes back together fine and they don't need any operations, which is, of course, the normal course of events. But just for a few women, um, they don't have the muscles going back together and a small proportion of those women that don't have the muscles going back together get some really significant symptoms from it. Um, so, so they're really the target of this um, sort of process to get this back on on the Medicare schedule. Um, Why it was removed from the Medicare schedule in the first place? Look, I think the wording of the original Medicare item number was pretty woolly and Medicare was looking to find ways to make sure that there were no item numbers being used for cosmetic surgery because 
Medicare is really the, the federal government's way of making sure that uh, functional operations are available to everybody that needs them, um, but it's not there to fund cosmetic surgery. And Medicare were a little bit worried that perhaps um, some of uh, the people having this surgery were really not functional patients. They, they were having cosmetic surgery. Now, there was really not a lot of evidence on that, but really they felt that they would rather um, stop the item number and then reevaluate everything. Mm. Well, I was going to ask you why it was re removed from the MBS and, and, and what the consequences of that were as well. Yeah, well, I think the, the problem with removing it from the MBS is that they, they didn't really have uh, the insight to realise how badly it would affect the health of a significant number of women. And I think that um, the, the women that had the, the, or anybody that had had massive weight loss, so they'd lost 50 kilos and they were having rashes under their um, skin, uh, were still entitled to have the abdominoplasty if they met the criteria about um, the weight loss and the rashes. But those women who had the, the pain and discomfort and real problems after the muscle separations in pregnancy were really not um, able to access treatment. So we felt very strongly in the Australian Society of Plastic Surgeons that it was really important to, to go sort of and advocate for those women um, to get that returned to the, the, the sort of funding of Medicare so that um, women who couldn't afford to self-fund, of course, would still be able to get um, that surgery. Mm. And, you know, it's really funny because you're saying a, a certain... Uh, percentage of the population suffers. I think there's a massive percentage that don't even realise that it's a thing that can happen, and they spend a lifetime suffering. Because I have spoken to women that that's the case as well. So you know that in itself is scary as well. And so, Kerry, can we ask you? So I spoke to you over a year ago, just a few days before your petition to the House of Representatives closing. Can you just take us back to why you decided, you know, petition to petition? Um, at that time and the result of that petition as well? Yeah, um, so um, I had my twins back in 2016 um, and they were big babies. So I suffered a, a really large separation. Um, and for a long time, I sort of couldn't come up for air with two new, new babies, but um, I realized I had a significant problem. So I started um, seeing a physiotherapist um, I spent a huge amount of money on uh, physiotherapy treatments um, and private health only covers so much. Um, yeah, so a huge amount of money spent on that. Um, and then I got to a point where my physio basically said, you know, you, you can't fix it anymore. Um, this is basically what you have to live with unless you have surgery. Mm. And um, so uh, I did some, um, I, I looked into surgery and, you know, $15,000 or more out of pocket. I knew that the um, item had come off the Medicare schedule. Um, so then I just sort of started listening into the conversations in some of the Facebook groups that I'm in, like Mums of Multiples and various Mums groups. And 
started some conversations about it and realized that I wasn't alone. There was quite a few women out there that were really suffering from this. And what really upset me was that so many had refinanced their homes. They had um, drawn on their superannuation to pay for the surgery. Um, and those, those things have such great impacts on families financially. Um, women already take a, a hit to their superannuation when they take a break from work, you know, for, for having children. Um, so I, I kind of got the feeling that there, there would be a lot of support. Um, and we were in lockdown um, this time last year, or yeah, around about that time, when I decided to, um, to start the petition. And I got a lot of support from mums of multiples, and then people shared it all over the place. Um, I sent it to all sorts of media organisations. And then um, once a couple of uh, media organizations uh, ran a story on it then it, it really uh, got out there and and, and it, it became apparent that, that the problem is there for these particular women that Nicola was talking about um, yeah so uh, the petition went really well we got over 13,000 signatures um, and then towards the end of that that's when um, a, a surgeon that I had reached out to who, who was involved in some in some studies um, referred me to the Australian Society of Plastic Surgeons to chat with them and uh, yeah and then they filled me in on the fact that they had been fighting this for a long time and um, and that they were going to put in a renewed application so it was very serendipitous I guess um, my, my petition and what they were doing and yeah. And what on you because because it, it's really funny because because speaking from a consumer's point of view or a mum who's someone who's been through it you know you know you can help people to you know you can help people to understand that um you know that it is a real thing even though you know someone can say it as much as they like but unless you speak to someone who's been through it and right. actually emotional about that you know you totally understand it so you know well yeah. done you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks and Nick, I was going to say, so, so ASPS, ASPS launched a survey in April this year um, encouraging women to share their stories about the effects of yeah. abdominal separation post-pregnancy and you received over 1,400 responses to this survey. So do you think the voice of these women combined with Kerry's um, petition added extra weight to the application? Absolutely. I think the really great um, thing about this whole campaign has been that it really the theme of collaboration. I mean, ASPS really tries to understand and incorporate the voice of the community and consumers. And that's why we have a consumer rep on our council. Um, and, and actually, you know, we, we didn't want Medicare thinking, oh, this is just plastic surgeons, you know, trying to, push their own agenda because they want to earn more money or something. We thought we really want to help the government understand that this is about helping everyday mums that are struggling to lift up their toddlers, you know, and I've been there, I've had two kids and I know that lifting up the toddlers is hard at the best of times, but, you know, it's, it's really causes significant empowerment of quality of life and I think that the sort of technical aspect of doing one of these applications is enormous I mean it's a kind of 
three-year thing just to even apply to the Medical Services Advisory Committee. And we're not a big pharmaceutical company or anybody like that. So we were just trying to have to learn the mechanics of that part of the process. But then we thought that it was really important to have the consumer voice. And there is this part of the Medical Services Advisory Committee process where community members and stakeholders can um, put in a, a survey or an email or something to uh, give their perspective on it. And to their credit, the, the Medical Services Advisory Committee um, do listen to that. And I think that that does make a difference. And so I think it's it's been a fantastic collaboration. We've had um, Kerry and we've had um, Kimiko Grayson, who's the um, the, the person in the ASPS office that helps with all this IT number stuff mm -hmm. um, and Dan Kennedy and me and Kim Taylor so there's a few different people and I think the, the collaboration effort around it and the involvement of the community and you know it speaks to it's such a real thing to hear somebody's story that actually I can't get on the floor and play with my kids and play with their Lego. You know, that's that's the kind of thing. It's not about looking like, you know, some movie star. It's about being able to do normal stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny because I, I had my... Um muscle repair and time attack after my second baby which and he's 24 now and in those days I had no idea about the muscle separation I just knew that I was okay. suffering from a lot of it. and someone said to me you should go and have a look at that and and when it was pointed out to me you know I was like oh my god is that what it is and and like yeah. you can feel it like it's a physical thing as well like you can feel it physically but you can also you know put your hands in and have a feel of it as well and you can see that so yeah I'm just I'm, I get surprised that some women actually bounce back from that you know because because like really you, you you're practically ripped right open like you, you know your belly just comes out like this and it's just you know remarkable but anyway oh I was going to ask you as well Nicola now that um MSAC which is the it's the Medicare Services Advisory Committee isn't it yeah that's correct yeah, yeah. yeah. so now that um MSAC has recommended the reinstatement of an item yeah. number the big question um that I guess women will be asking at home right now is how do I know if I'm eligible yeah, sure. Um, look, there are a couple of stages before it's definitely rubber stamped and all going ahead. Um, so the Medical Services Advisory Committee, they basically give their advice to government and to the, the Minister of Health. The government then has to approve it and then there has to be money allocated for it in the budget. So it doesn't get approved until those steps have taken place. And then once it's been allocated funding in the budget, then they decide a start date. So it could still be, you know, 18 months or two years before there is a, a, a what they call an item number where it means that um, you can be covered by your private health insurance. Mm -hmm. um, so there are, there are a few steps to go and there is a little bit of, um, waiting to double check that it's definitely going to go ahead so it's not quite a done deal at this stage um, as well as that um, the abdominoplasty item number for rectus diastasis correction which is this muscle separation the technical term is rectus diastasis 
Um, there are certain criteria. So the, the first thing you should probably do is to see your local doctor and get them to, to have a look at you and to assess what your symptoms are like and also the amount of muscle separation that you have. Um, the criteria within the item number say that it has to be three centimeters or more as measured with an ultrasound. So there's a, a few little steps. You, the, so my advice would be get assessed and if there's an ultrasound scan that you can have uh, perhaps from your GP, then mm -hmm. um, that's the first, first step. And then it may still be quite a long time before um, the item number is active and you can actually uh, get a reimbursement for it. Yeah. But it's certainly not for everybody that wants an abdominoplasty. Those that want a cosmetic abdominoplasty and don't have the muscle separation will not be eligible. And that's really important that, that everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. and, and I guess for, for the women that do have it, it just gives that little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel that, um, yeah. you know, it's not today and it may not be, you know, you know, the, this year, but, you know, it could be next year or, or the year after. So there's, you know, yeah. a lot can happen in, in that time. So, you know, it gives them that bit of, you know, I hope. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I know it's so frustrating for people, but it's such a long time and it's, you know, they might have already been waiting since 2016 and it is really upsetting and really frustrating but I can also see the government side of things that they're trying to make sure that taxpayers aren't funding things that shouldn't be funded. And, and so they're just kind of dotting the I's and crossing the T's to make sure that's the case, you know. Yeah, that, it, and that makes sense too. Like, you know, that is there to, to help, not to, you know, fund a desire, I, I guess, for want of a better word. Um, Nicola, I was just going to ask you one more thing. What can... Um, someone like me is like what can we do to to prepare for this surgery while awaiting its availability like I know you, you've um have a little bit of it like going to the doctor is there anything else that that Look, um... I, th I think that whenever you're thinking that you might need any kind of surgery it's really good just to think about your general health certainly we know that smokers don't heal up nearly so well as non-smokers so it's an excellent incentive for quitting smoking uh, and having a healthy diet, just eating your fruit and veg and trying to stay reasonably fit. You know, I'm just, I know it's hard in lockdown, isn't it? But, um, you know, I think just doing some exercise every day is a great thing to prepare for any surgery because um, it helps you get quicker through the anaesthetic and the, the surgical recovery. So those are the things that I would, it's yeah and that's so true because um i've seen it once again time and time again where if someone's uber healthy going into surgery i mean things can always you know surgery is a serious thing and you know never to be taken lightly but but for someone who is exercising regularly eating properly like the recovery just sent, tends to seem quicker it just does so, like yeah you know if, I, if, I, if that's something that i could say that I've seen as an outsider because I'm 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 not a professional I'm a professional consumer, but I'm not a professional in any way, shape, or form. But I've seen you know the same story repeated over again. You get healthy, 
and the healthier are, you know, generally the better you recover from surgery. Yeah. Mm. And Kerry, like, so where do you reckon women can go for reliable and trustworthy information on the procedure and, and what this new item number may mean for them? Um, so assuming that they've um, already been to their GP to discuss all of this, um, the ASPS or Australian Society of Plastic Surgeons uh, website is such a good resource for information on not only um, abdominal repair surgery, um, but all surgeries um, that fall under their umbrella. Um, there's, uh, you'll find information on uh, the application process that they've been through uh, for getting uh, this back on the MBS um, and all sorts of information that would be really, really helpful for them um, in, in going down this, this, um, this route if that's what they, quali they qualify for, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and here we are now near the end of 2021. So it could be like the end of 22 or maybe even early 2023 do you reckon Nicola that you know yeah, it could that, even be that would be my guess I mean they they seem to make these announcements a couple of times a year so um I, I'd be surprised if it was was early next year put it that way I would expect late 22 or early 23 hopefully but unfortunately I don't have a crystal ball um about that so we just have to wait and see. Yeah. But if, if people want to uh, get keep updated on the process, they can um, put in their details on the Australian Society of Plastic Surgeons website yeah. um, and they'll be kept up to date about the progress of, of, of everything. Yeah, fantastic. And what I might do as well is I might actually put a link to that on the blog that goes with this um with with this podcast and video so that um, people can actually just you know click on it and, and go straight there. That would be really helpful, actually, because um, to be updated on that would be amazing. So just before we go, just to run through the process. So if if you are one of these women who is unlucky enough to, you know, have that, you know, really bad muscle separation where you would be entitled. So your first step would be go to your local GP, get yourself um, or first of all, have um, a not inspection. But what do you call it? Like a consultation with them yeah. and yeah. determine uh, whether they can refer you to a plastic surgeon and a, a lot of women I find these days already know where they want to go because they've done so much research online you know before or you, you know they find out about you know people here and there isn't that right Kerry <laughs> you just find out so much online hey you do <laughs> yeah so um and would it be would it be too early to preempt like say for example if you saw a plastic surgeon early next year would it would that be too soon to actually see one should you just wait till the item number comes in and then get the ball rolling or can you kind of start now or well, not now but you know in the next few months yeah look I think that that varies a bit I think it's better for us not to dictate that either way but um, I think that it's important to know that um, it, it may be better to wait until the item number's there, but yeah. certainly the plastic surgeon can't book you for surgery until there's an item number there. Mm -hmm. um, so that's important to know. Um, yeah. So they can't really give you a date until there's an item number there. Yeah. 
and and for the the people that don't know so why an item number is good as well is because that way you have that medicare item number which means that you know depending on your health coverage that you have the hospital's covered and and or there's a certain level of cover so you don't have those extra extra expenses yeah. that that's pretty much yeah. a, a benefit of it hey yeah and i think i think it is important if you're thinking about this to look at your um your coverage of your private health insurance because unfortunately there are some types of private health insurance that don't cover all sorts of things um that you would think would be essential but um you know there are different levels of um, private health insurance so it's worth having a look at that fairly early and and i think um it is really important to keep an open mind and that you might not be eligible you know it's i know that's really hard to think about but you know don't put your life on hold you know make sure that you're still looking after yourself and doing everything else that you can because there is still quite a lot of uncertainty so whilst it is great to have a bit of hope that this is going to come in it's also really important not to you know hang up your whole life waiting for this one magic thing you know it's it's really important to to look after your health overall and and you may not be eligible so just keep that open mind yeah, very well said. That's so true because, yeah, you, you just don't know, you know, whether you are eligible or, or what the future holds. So that very good point there because I'd be the one that would get excited and then, you know. Um, so that's been really helpful. So just before we go, is there anything, um, Kerry, first, is there anything that you would add that, that women should know that they don't already kind of know that, you know, that could be beneficial for them or like have you actually had, the procedure done yourself and no i haven't had the procedure no. done um and you one of those waiting <laughs> <laughs> look it's something that i will consider it's um it's quite serious surgery so um it's not something to um take lightly um uh but yeah I, my symptoms my lower back pain really impacts my life um yeah. you know i can vacuum half a room before i have to you know, put the vacuum cleaner down because I, I'm struggling. Um, and I just have zero abdominal abdom or core strength um, and my abdominals don't function. So um, yes, I'm, I'm considering it, um, but obviously um, I'm really, really happy for the people that, uh, for the women that I'm seeing, you know, talking about, you know, drawing on the superannuation and refinancing their mortgages and all that sort of stuff, because, um you know this will really really change yeah. change their lives and change their families' lives um so i'm just really hopeful that um everything runs smoothly from here on in and it's uh, it's great that we have this support from um, the medical services advisory committee so yeah fingers crossed yeah. everything goes smoothly from here yeah fantastic and look i've got to say to both of you ladies you know well done for you know pioneering this for so long you know because it's like there would have been times where you think oh my god this is just too hard I, I'm not going to bother doing this but to just keep going with it and and getting all those women together and all those videos and the petition signatures and like all of those little things have ultimately hopefully led to you know something that you know that shouldn't have been removed in the first place but you know obviously you know I don't know how many women were on that board but yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I think that's a very good question. Look, <laughs> uh, and I just want to to say that I think that it, you know, I hope there wasn't any element of discrimination, but I think it's really good that you know this is something that is affecting women disproportionately, and I think it's great that we've been able to win it back for them. And I just think that it's a great story of teamwork. I mean, I'm really proud of everybody that's contributed to this. I mean, a lot of our plastic surgery members in, in ASPs have helped a lot because they've helped to send some surveys and got patients to send surveys. So, you know, our individual members have done a huge amount. The women in the community have done a great amount. And Kerry and Kimika. And it's, it's a great story of, you know, we're not a big, pharmaceutical company we're not one of these people that are kitted out to fund huge applications but we've we've done it by collaboration and persistence which is great and work <laughs> persistence you're right persistence is key without a doubt <laughs> yeah awesome well thank you so much ladies for joining us tonight that has just been absolutely awesome i am so excited and proud and actually honored to you know be able to share this you know this success really with you the fact that it's able to have gone to that next level where it was wiped out and now it's like hey this could come back so kudos to you you, you i was gonna say you guys kudos to you ladies and and everyone else out there who's been a part of it so well done thanks Trish. thanks Trish. awesome so listeners look i'm gonna i'm gonna put a link in the blog here as well so if you do want to find out uh, stay updated with what's going on you can actually click on that link and be updated so thank you so much for joining us tonight ladies Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Got a burning question for Trish and Nick at Aesthetics Uncensored? Slide into their DMs on Instagram at Aesthetics Uncensored. Stay positive, boobs and chin high.